Hello, Laminex Learning Bites listeners. We have a very special guest today, Kate Permel. Kate Permel is a technology executive who advises and coaches CEOs and senior executives. She is the founder of the Elevate Group and author of Composure, The Art of Executive Presence. She was most recently an independent board director of ABD Insurance and Financial Services. Kate is a lecturer at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business and has, has published research on gender in the C-suite as a senior industry fellow at Georgetown University Women's Leadership Institute. Kate was previously Senior Vice President of Digital Content at SanDisk. She served as CEO of the software joint venture U3, co-founded Liquid Machines and was a member of the founding management team at Palm Inc. Kate's ability to apply her strategic financial and operational skill is valuable to executives and boards focused on growth, restructuring, improving management effectiveness, acquisition or spin-outs. She serves in this capacity both as a consultant and a board director. Kate is from Santa Barbara, California. Kate! Thank you so much for joining uh, Laminex Learning Bites today. Really excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Amazing. Um, look, I would really like to talk about your new book that's coming out. Well, it is out, Composure. The hard copy is out and you're offering the audiobook, audiobook on Amazon for free throughout the month of uh, October. Is that correct? Yeah, it's it's from our website for free, which is composurethebook.com, and you can just uh, access it for free from there. Oh, awesome. Sorry, I misread that. So it says no uh, Amazon's number one bestseller, Composure, the Art of Executive Presence. So uh, tell us about the book. Well, the book um, came about because I met one of my co-authors, Joshua Isaac Smith in uh, the UK, and we realized that we were doing really similar work with people, but approaching it really differently. So I'm an executive coach. I'm a former business executive. Um, and I bring, I bring a lot of those business and executive coaching skills to the table. And he's a trauma therapist and he brings PTSD and trauma therapeutic skills to the table. And when we started talking, we realized that a lot of the more challenging dynamics that people face in the workplace, like feeling not feeling confident or being really sensitive to feedback or criticism or being finding themselves reactive to things that people are saying and doing, that those are actually sort of this combination of the way we're raised and uh, the way we're the way we develop safety as children with the dynamics in the workplace. So that's how the book was created, was really as a as a means to marry those two things and to enable people to get tools and um, processes and techniques they can use to make them more comfortable and feel greater ease in the work environment and be more confident and be more effective and be you know more present. That's amazing, and I think um, everyone, even if you're you're not in an executive role, would have some takeaways from that. Uh, look, just looking at really quick statistics, imposter syndrome um, seems like it can affect anyone, uh, regardless of the job status, but you can also be a high achieving person uh, to experience it. And it looks like, look, the stats vary between, so people um, 
can experience imposter syndrome at any time in their lives and the percentages are quite high. It says between 9% and 82%. Not sure. Um, this is from a 2020 um, uh, review that I've got right in front of me. Um, but the statistics also say that uh, imposter syndrome is is more so often in women rather than men. So, yeah, so what we know uh, in the U.S., the studies say that 75% of people in the workforce have experienced imposter syndrome at least once in their life. And what we find is that it is situational, and I'll talk in a moment about what heightens it, but and that it tends to be more frequent and more pervasive in women than men, but both men and women experience it depending upon the work environment that they're in. Uh-huh. So what makes it more severe are things like being uh, just out of college and starting your first job. Um, when you, you know, you're in a job for the first time, it's a new role, it's a new career, it's a new company, or anytime you make a work move, or it can be giving a presentation or some kind of highly visible, high stakes um, work that you're doing. Okay, that's amazing. I have to admit, and I want to admit this from the start because we are going to talk about the test I took from your website. Um, in my mind right now, I have to mention the chatterbox that's going through. Who am I speaking to a highly, um, uh, you know, a high achieving woman all the way from the States? She's got a book. Who am I to even speak to her on a podcast like this? There's all of these things going through my mind, but I really want you to um break down uh the signs of the imposter syndrome like you said yeah i will and i think i'll use your example as a as a case because frankly you're not alone that's a very common feeling as though you're not really allowed to or entitled to talk to somebody who's at a higher level so there are five different behaviors that we associate with the imposter syndrome. And our assessment on our website is uh, gives you, uh, it's 20 questions, and it tells you how high you score in each one of these. So the first one is rejection sensitivity. So when you reached out to me, you were probably wondering whether I'd even get back to you, right? <laughs> so, and that's really common for people with imposter syndrome. They're concerned that uh, they, when they send an email, if they don't hear anything, they immediately jump to all these conclusions. Well, maybe I made a mistake in writing it and they reread it and rewrite it because they're really afraid of being rejected or receiving criticism or judgment or feedback. So that's the first one. The second is perfectionism, right? Now I'm sure you prepped for this and you probably over-prepared and overworked a little bit so that you do perfectly. Uh, but that's really common because we think if we could be perfect enough, then we don't have to worry about being rejected or getting criticized. Uh-huh. or failing for that matter. Um, the third is a depressed entitlement. And this is exactly what you're talking about. The perception that I'm at a different level than you are. And who am I to contact you at your level and have a conversation, which from my perspective, isn't even going on at all. But I understand that that's, that's a, a common feeling. And I've certainly had that feeling as well. I joined a corporate board um, in the finance industry two years ago as the only woman, the youngest person on the board, the only one who wasn't a bank president or chairman of a board of a bank. Um, and it was really intimidating because I didn't feel like I was entitled to be on this board. 
Mm. Uh, you know, what credentials or criteria did I have that made it okay? Um, so that's very, very common when you're taking on something new. The next one is feeling like a fraud, as though maybe somebody made a mistake and maybe you really shouldn't have gotten the promotion that you received or the position you got. One of our uh, clients got into Stanford Law School. And she couldn't believe that she got into Stanford Law School because she felt like she should never have gotten in. And then she went on to uh, the first paper that she had to turn in. She didn't turn it in for three days, not because she hadn't completed it, but because she was terrified that her professor would read the paper and realize that she shouldn't be here and kick her out because she was convinced that it was a mistake that she got into law school. So that's what uh, feeling like a fraud is all about. And then um, a lack of confidence is the other one, of course, just feeling uh, a general lack of confidence. And as you can probably guess, these are all related and they feed on each other. We have some people, by the way, who are very confident. A lot of the people we work with are relatively confident. They don't feel like a fraud, but they're super sensitive to criticism uh, to the point that they won't read performance reviews and they panic on the day of their performance review, even though they always get the highest ratings. So that's it's just some combination of these, depending upon who you are. Okay. And I want to um, bust some myths out there because I heard what you want to say in one of your podcasts as well. Um, uh, you can necessarily be someone really confident. Um, hence why, you know, senior level executives experience imposter syndrome as well. Um, can you talk about that a little bit more for us, Kate? Sure. One great example. Uh, my, my daughter used to work for a tech company that wildly successful. The startup, what founder startup had never been to business school, had become a CEO. And he was a naturally gifted CEO. I know this because I've been around a lot of CEOs and coached executives. He didn't know this because he's a first-time CEO. He'd never thought about running a company before. And suddenly his company took off and they're worth uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in valuation. And he's still CEO running the company. He's a very confident guy about the technology they built and the product they developed. But when it comes to being a CEO... He's not at all confident um, and he really is concerned that he doesn't have the right training or the right background or what it takes. So, you know, this whole, this whole dynamic is very situational. In some situations, you might feel really confident and others you won't feel confident. And a lot of these other behaviors kick in and they generally have to do with feeling like you're going to fail or like somebody's going to find out and uh, criticize you or judge you because you're not really qualified. Okay. All right. I'm really understanding how it manif- man, um, imposter syndrome can manifest in, in, in individuals. But um, uh, one thing I, I would like you to deep dive into is the rejection sensitivity. Um, I feel like there could be a lot of things going on there. Um, can you help us understand um, that a bit more? Yes, I certainly can. So rejection sensitivity is really about um, being very sensitive to not doing things perfectly. The question we're asking ourselves in the work environment in that regard is, is it okay to make mistakes, right? Is it okay to make a mistake? Is it okay to not know the answer to a question that somebody asks when I'm giving a presentation? Is it okay to not know how to do something? 
And so when we're asking those questions, if we don't feel like it's okay, then we're going to be highly sensitive to anything that we do that may have that reaction where we might feel as though we've made a mistake or that we don't know how to do something we should know how to do. And that's really what rejection sensitivity is all about. Uh, Just a quick example. um, One of the young women in one of my workshops had, she's a software engineer and she had joined this company and started working in the software engineering team. One, One of maybe two women on the entire team and she just, and it was a complex product. It was her first job out of college And she found herself doing these tasks that she didn't really know how to do, but she was terrified to ask for help because she thought she should know how to do it. And if she asked for help, she would be judged as not being competent. So that's an example. She also, by the way, didn't speak up in meetings. And then she'd find herself wanting to say something, wouldn't say it. And then someone else in the room would say it and they'd say, oh, that was such a great point. Yes, that's an important point to bring up. Okay. Um, and what are some of the other triggers? Um, so you say it's situational. Um, you don't, you know, if, if you're going through imposter syndrome once doesn't mean that you're going to, um, experience it throughout the rest of your career. Um, and who, who else is or who is prone to imposter syndrome a little bit more? Women, we've established that. And, um, who else? Those earlier in their careers as well as anytime you're making a leap in your career. So if you're going up a level or you're going, or you're making a lateral move, anytime you're doing something that you don't know how to do that you've never done before, basically. And women and men are both prone to that at, at, in those situations. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So starting a new job, changing roles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can, I can relate to that. Asking for a raise, not Asking. feeling entitled. Yeah. To earn more money, getting a new job and a raise, not knowing how to do it and not feeling like you deserve to be paid what they're paying you because you're not able to do the job in your mind. Uh, could there be some personal things that contribute, um, your personal life, uh, whatever you're going through at that point in time? Yeah, there's something that we call personal boundaries that have play a big role. And that is the the idea that um, it's almost like having thick skin, right? Some people, you can give them feedback or criticism, you can, um, you know, argue with them about something, and they just let it go, they blow it off. Well, that's your opinion, it's not mine. Others of us take outsiders opinions as very uh with a lot of weight, I guess is a good way to say it. And that often happens in your personal life as well as your professional life. If you have weak boundaries or boundaries that are easily permeated. So one of the things we work on, and there's a chapter in the book called Badass Boundaries, is building your personal boundaries so that you get really clear on where you end and someone else begins. And you start to get comfortable with the idea that other people are entitled to their opinions, but you don't have to own those opinions or respond to them or share them. Okay. Right. 
Um, so like I said, I did do your test, um, on your website, um, and hi- would highly encourage our listeners to do the same. I'm happy to put a link up on, um, the description, the show notes as well. Um, so what do I do with these results now that I've got my results, which, um, clearly show that I'm on the high end of the, um, imposter syndrome, probably because of what I'm, uh, experiencing at the moment. I've, I've started a new role um, and I'm kind of just finding my way through things. Um, so it breaks it down, by the way. Um, so you get a score for perfectionism, rejection sensitivity, depressed entitlement, lack of confidence, and feeling like a fraud. And um, it tells you uh, if you score eight or less, it means you're unlikely to experience imposter behavior um, between 9 and 14 means moderately and 15 or more is um, where it means that you'll, you'll be likely experiencing uh, imposter behavior. So what do I do with these results now? What can I do to improve um, my, Is can you say IS syndrome, shortened? <laughs> <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the book is really about resolving imposter syndrome and getting to a place where you have greater sense of well-being. Uh, you're less reactive to what other people think. You're more confident in your own right. You're very much more grounded. So really the one thing to do is to read the book or listen to the um, audiobook, which again is free on the website, composurethebook.com through the end of October. Um, then there's also a, a free workbook. It's 130 pages. It has writing exercises, guided meditations, uh, all kinds of stuff, chapter summaries. So you're, you can download that for free from the website. So you can actually work through it like you would do if you were in one of our courses. So we hold courses for groups. Um, I would say the most important thing to shift has to do with the difference between what others think of you and what you think of yourself. So one of the biggest things we work on is elevating your sense of internal authority. That means what you think of yourself, what you know to be true about yourself and really enabling you to really own, you know what? I, they, they hired me because they must think I'm good at what I do. Um, I've always had a track record of excellent performance and this won't be any exception, You know, I have high integrity and I'm really committed to producing high quality results. I'm, I'm an avid learner and I, you know, I learn quickly and I'm willing to try new things and, um, and not know things and learn things and research and work hard. When you start to include all of those things that you know about yourself, it allows you to feel more confident in whatever situation you're walking into because you can look at what you have to fall back on. That's just generic. It's about who you are versus this, this new job where you don't have the experience. So despite not having experience, you know all these things about yourself that are actually true, that you've proven your whole life. Okay, that's amazing. So self-awareness, I guess, is, is key. Is that's mm-hmm. a good start? Okay. All right. This is great. Um, well, I'm going to definitely listen to your book. Um, after this. So um, I may have um, uh, mentioned that incorrectly. So the free version is available. Let me just pull it up uh, until October because it says through October. Through the end of October. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We've clarified that and we're going to add the details in the show notes. 
Um, you have a couple of other books, I believe, as well, Kate. Yes, I have a book called The Moonshot Effect, yes. Disrupting Business as Usual, which is about taking on big, hairy projects and making them happen. Oh, that might be of interest as well. Okay, well, um, I will personally explore um, your books and I'm going to add um, The Moonshot Effect into uh, the show notes as well. Um, is there anything else you would like to add before we say our goodbyes? I would love to do one little exercise with you if you have a moment. Can we okay. do one? Yeah. Okay. This is one of my favorites. Um, this is called what we call the as if frame. You're acting as if. So give me a situation that's coming up where you might not feel as confident as you normally would feel, or you might feel nervous. Anything that's coming up in your, in your life. Um, in my life or is in, in my career? In your work life. Yeah. Whatever you want to. Um, I mean, speaking to you today was quite daunting, <laughs> but I'm over that now. Um, so how I, about the next time that you reach out to somebody that you're in, you know, that, that has that feeling for you? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, all right. So I want you to imagine an ace exactly like you in every single way, except she never feels that way. And she's oh. sitting right next to you. She's sitting right next to you. We don't know why. She's had the same life experiences. She's got the same job. She's got everything the same, but she never, ever for a second even hesitates to reach out to somebody to interview them. She doesn't get nervous. So let's just imagine, uh, let's just, let's just check in with her. What's going on with her that makes that possible? Yeah, Ace, what are you doing differently? <laughs> when she wakes up in the morning, how is her morning different, if if any, if at all? Okay, she probably wouldn't have butterflies in her stomach. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have a chatterbox in her head going. <laughs> okay, so there's no chatterbox. The chatterbox is shut off. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what does she believe to be true that maybe you don't believe to be true? Okay. Um, I've spoken to guests before and I've, um, everything has been, everything has gone well. I mean, today has been great. Um, I don't feel like it's, I've been a failure today yet. I did stress about it before, um, meeting you and even before I approached you, um, I was, I was thinking, you know, I doubt she'll get back to me. And why would Kate, you know, dedicate her, her time, uh, to speak with me? But yet again, you know, you did and and we just had this beautiful conversation. So this is proof that I have nothing to worry about. And um even if things do go wrong, that's okay. That's just a part of life and work. You you can edit. <laughs> you can I, yeah. you cannot publish it, right? There's lots of things you can exactly. do. So that other ace knows all that and and checks in with all of that. Whereas you check in with all the other things that are scary, right? So that's what I'm talking about in really building that internal sense of authority. What do you know to be true, right? Yeah. So that's, that's one way to discover that whole internal sense is to imagine someone who's exactly like you, your clone, who oh. doesn't ever feel that way. That is so And then take it for a test drive. See what else is different in their life. I mean, what does she look like walking down the street? Oh, yeah. It's, it's so, um, it, it's so, 
interesting how, yeah, your posture is different when you're confident as well, like your physical posture. I've been reading up on, on these things, but that was a very powerful exercise, the as if exercise. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that with me, Kate. Sure. My pleasure. Uh, and Great. once again, really appreciate you coming on. You've been very generous with your time. Um, uh, so it's probably around 4.30 p.m. in your time. Hopefully you enjoy the rest of your late afternoon, evening. Thank you so much. And I've really, my biggest wish is that uh, your listeners um, can gain some, glean some benefits from uh, what, what's been written in the book and available on the audio tape, because that's really what I'm all about and why I'm here speaking to you today is to try to make it easier for people coming up the ranks now than it was for me when I was coming up the ranks. That's amazing. Um, I wish to speak to you again. I mean, it's a small world. Who knows um, what will happen? All right. Thank you so much, Ace. It was wonderful. I appreciate it. Hey, just before you go, wanted to let you know that you can find the link to the free imposter syndrome assessment in the show notes. And remember, Kate Permel is releasing her free audiobook version of Amazon number one bestseller, Composure, the Art of Executive Presence, through October 2022. And you can find the link to the audiobook in the show notes as well. That's all for today. Until next time.